Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into the Natty State Six Pack. Curtis Wilkerson here with Andrew Ellis, as always. On, uh, I mean, it's an exciting day because it's opening day uh, down at Baumwalker Stadium, but it would have been nice to have maybe yesterday's weather compared to this one. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't think anything's going to rain on the baseball parade today. None's going to rain on the baseball parade. Nothing's going to rain on our parade. It's a great day to be alive. We got the Diamond Hogs. We've got... Uh, other stuff going on in the world, I'm sure that's that we're going to talk about. We yeah. got UFC 298. <laughs> I mean, Curtis, there's nothing that can slow down this train uh, except for the Arkansas basketball team, which has effectively slowed down this train. Yeah, they have. They have. They have quite literally <laughs> slowed down this train. <laughs> but that's why we exist. That why is this exactly... very program exists. No one can hurt us, even if the baseball team loses today. The six pack is not going to be. Effective. We're evergreen. We're, we're evergreen. omnipresent. Exactly. We've, we've hit the fountain of youth. We're covering man. much we're more important topics. Yeah, it, exactly. We are covering much more important topics for starters, uh, dude. Caitlin Clark. Okay, I mean, yeah. we this Baller. had to be the leadoff topic of the six pack today because she's her. And if you don't know who Caitlin Clark is, shame on you for just your yeah. living under a rock because this girl is. Uh, She's a freaking the Cheryl baller. Miller of her time, one could argue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, anytime there's something, we all have to just acknowledge true greatness when it happens. Yeah. And you know, Patrick Mahomes, we're seeing that. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, whatever. There are just these people that kind of rise to the top, and you can tell like they just become bigger than like the sports themselves, almost. Like I care way more about Kaylin Clark than I do women's basketball, but I have her in that category of just like the all-time greats of their respective sports. You know, yeah. like I, at least in my opinion, I don't. I've I, don't, I haven't been watching women's basketball a ton. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm a connoisseur who has strong opinions about this kind of stuff. But I remember watching Maya Moore. I remember watching Candace Parker. I remember watching whoever. Caitlin Clark's better than all of them, dude. She's she's unreal. She's she's must watch TV. I don't know how many games she has left in her college career, but I can't wait to watch her in the tournament, dude. Like it's just gonna be yeah, every man. game she has left. I feel like people need to be tuned in. Like she's uh, what she have last night? Like forty. Three, she 18. had 49 points. Yeah, and like 18 or like 13 and 7 or something Eight, crazy. Yeah, 49 like points. Um, she had 13 assists in the game. Dude, that's just unreal, ridiculous. Bro. And so she, she entered Dude, the game. At any level, if someone did that in high school, I'd be like, wait, who did that? What? Yeah. Like, that's crazy to do at a D1 level. Oh, it's nuts. She needed eight points entering the game to, to break the NCAA women's basketball scoring record. She got them so quick. She got them so quick. She scored the first eight points uh, for her team. And then the way that she broke it, like just that 30 footer. Yeah, dude, like in transition, maybe? just left of the logo she pulls up from nba range and just sinks it that, that's yeah. just that's classic it couldn't happen in a better way unless it was like a buzzer beater but let's be honest here she was gonna score more than eight points in that yeah. damn game so she got it out of the dude. way real quick she said hey y'all just let me take these first it's gonna take me about three or four possessions yeah and then we can then we can get get to what we got to get to but i'm gonna go ahead and take care of this real quick yeah and i'm, I'm glad it happened at home too by the way oh, yeah. like for them because i know not at the ro- on the road where she's getting assaulted <laughs> uh, yeah yeah exactly and did i thought that uh I don't know if it's true or not, but I think I saw a tweet that like Theo Vaughn and maybe somebody else. I want to say Shane Gillis, but I don't think that's right. But a couple like those comedians were there. Oh, really? Uh, In Iowa? Yeah, yeah. To watch the go. game, to watch her break the record. I know a bunch of those barstool guys were probably there, but uh, no, dude, that's just that's awesome. Where'd they go and, in Des Moines to hang out? As you, you, I know you love Des Moines. Um, uh, you know I do love Des Moines, and the, here's the thing about Des Moines is it gets brutally like uncomfortably frigid cold there to the point Imagine, where like yeah. you can't turn on air conditioning um in the winter months like they just won't let you do it like if you're staying at a hotel or something it's like heat only so that kind of sucks but they have like this elaborate system of tunnel i shouldn't call it tunnels uh but like skywalks 
that you can stay indoors and like get anywhere you need to go. So that, that's, that's a pretty, pretty cool. good move on their part. Uh, but there are some pretty cool places. I I thought it, I thought it had something to do with a beaver the last time we talked about it, but it's not. It's called Buzzard Billy's. We went there. Close enough. Uh, there was this gaming place too that uh, was like a a Dave and Buster's for adults only that had a bunch of stuff, but I can't remember the name. <laughs> we're we're slowly, ricochets. Thank you. We're Scotty. getting we're getting slow. But, like Dave and Buster's was Chuck E. Cheese for adults, and now we're getting like closer and closer yeah. to where. Boys can just have fun again. We're yes. almost there. We're almost there. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. Ricochet. Where is the men name can of the place. be men. So I bet that's where they were at after the uh, after the game, maybe even before. But yeah, Caitlin they got Clark, axes dude, at ricochets. Got asses at ricochets. Axes. Oh yeah. Axes. <laughs> that too. Yeah. That's what I was asking about <laughs> the axe throwing because uh, I feel like that's that's a new kind of evolution of the. Um, the I don't. Have y'all ever been to one of those places? I have thrown axes uh, a grand total of zero times, but I really want to. They have go. one I, here. Maybe we need to go. We need to go do I that. I think we soon. need to do that. That's a good uh, Natty State sports outing. I think it's yeah. only right. We could launch our Natty State outdoors. Asses. Do they have by... asses there? Well, what kind of question would that be? I, I, it made more sense <laughs> than axes in my mind. You know, because uh, it's kind of a club scene. There, yeah, I was like, yeah, sure, they got they got asses, bro. Uh, <laughs> I love that you just straight. You were like, yeah, yeah, they got them. <laughs> I just think I was just going back to our typical conversation. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but they might. I mean, they've got uh, the little bowling lane things. They've got. Yeah. Darts, they've got pool tables, uh, table tennis, yeah. all that stuff. So it's it's uh, now that I'm cool really talking about, it, I'm familiar with this place. I've seen pictures of it before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a crap ton of points, man. Like she's well over three thousand. Uh, I think she's the first women's player also to get over three thousand points and one thousand assists in her career. Yeah. Like she's getting it. All. I mean, dude, she goes for thirty four, eight and eight, like every game. Yeah, and there's no asterisk here. Like it's not a situation where she's she's in her seventh year or something. No, she's yeah. played. It's not the KJ Jefferson Arkansas records deal where you just play more games than everybody. It's no like this is uh this is legit stuff. She's gonna be number one pick in the in the WNBA draft, and maybe there should be something uh, better than number one pick for this yes. particular draft. Yeah. They should have like uh, fights to the death to see who gets her. Yeah, you know, like, you it should to... just be a straight up bidding war. Honestly, it should be just so we don't have to in inflict violence, Curtis. Let's <laughs> just have let's just solve this with with something more logical and and not weird at all. Money. Oh, let them let them beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of beating the hell out of each other and women's basketball, did you see <laughs> the oh, Arkansas yeah. State Southern Miss women's basketball? Just a it was an all out brawl, dude. Um, that was like it ramped up real quick. Malice at the Palace style. That was intense. I, I haven't seen a women's basketball brawl quite like that one. Yeah, I mean, and it's like I think there were there were a lot of people nearby, so it shouldn't have taken that long. But I think it took about twelve seconds for everyone to kind of realize how serious the threat was. Because yeah. you know, in basketball, most times when two people start running at each other, there's a crowd of people, and they're not really looking to land blows. Mm -hmm. That girl, she got in about a, she she got in some licks before people really hey. realized she she acted she was so decisive she was letting it eat man. If you're in yeah. a brawl, you got to be decisive because there's <laughs> gonna be a time when people start separating. But she got in her licks before, and yeah, that yeah. was that was hectic. And, you know, also the fact that it happened right in front of a bench made it impossible for like other players not to get involved. Like when it happens right there, it's it's just gonna get weird. And so I think there were at least three. That got uh, that got ejected also for like leaving the bench and getting involved. Uh, there were fans that were running out of the stands getting involved. One of the coaches yeah. like got knocked over and got trampled, and then uh, wound up coming back out there later like on crutches. <laughs> I mean, it was dude, that was intense. Because like places like I feel like smaller schools just don't have the infrastructure to deal with with that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? I mean like I mean think about it. At all these big schools, they let. Students storm the court. Or they kind of have no, 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 nothing to do there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's something. I mean, there's probably not a ton of people working security. Probably not a ton of Ronnie Brewers on staff. It's like you, when 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 people want to hurt each other, it's yeah. really hard to get them to stop. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's a fair point. That was brutal. Um, were you ever when you were playing sports in your day? Were you ever involved in like a, I don't know a brawl or a charging of the mound or anything crazy? I remember like, one time when I was a freshman in high school. And I remember being at a game, and I wasn't. There was no way I was. I didn't play as a freshman in, mm. in baseball. Uh, I barely played as a senior, but a freshman, I really wasn't playing. But I remember there was a benches clearing brawl where I stayed on the bench, and it wasn't everybody. I say benches clearing. If if I stayed on the bench, it wasn't clearing. But it was like people from the bench got up. But there was like a collision at home plate where our guy was completely in the wrong. Yeah. I mean, the catcher had the ball and was ready to tag him, and he just this guy was a linebacker playing baseball. And uh, just decided I'm just going to tackle this catcher and hope he drops the ball. And he did drop the ball, but you can't do that in high school baseball, apparently. Yeah. Um, and so this was this was against West Monroe, a really big high school. And so they they had their benches immediately cleared, like they were ready to go. And like there was a meeting at home plate with like a, you know probably 20 30 people. I was a freshman who one didn't play, didn't really like. I didn't care that much about what was going on in the game anyway. Like I mm-hmm. just I had I ended up transferring schools. Like I was I was like a I was a Benedict Arnold anyway. I didn't I didn't <laughs> care about this program. Yeah. Uh plus I was, you know, as a freshman, you're not playing. I'm like, I kinda hope they lose. You know, that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> That's where yeah, I was at. Yeah, exactly. And so and I didn't even like the kid that got in the brawl. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to defend him. He's an idiot. Like he he did that. And I remember saying that to my coaches afterwards, and they were like, No, you got to defend your teammate. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't also, know. I was like, I was it like, there were the people that went to defend like, him. That I feel like if they were if they did a good enough job, it'd be fine, but I also there was in basketball our best player I got our best player kicked off the team because I was the inbound guy and I we were playing this team that was just full court pressing us and I probably had twelve turnovers in this game but <laughs> I finally boy. just picked our tallest player and so I just threw a lob to him for the inbound and mm-hmm. him and this dude went up for it and they and eventually like before the ball could even hit the ground they were trading punches yeah just went up for the rebound and then just do 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 and uh, he got kicked off the team the next day and that was, the rest is history yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy how um, not uncommon some of those things are. Like yeah. you mentioned the the baseball thing, and I I wasn't directly, you know, I wasn't playing. Baseball but fights are usually like MLB. We've had some good ones lately, but yeah. baseball fights are a little weak most of the time. Yeah, they well, yeah, they well, usually historically are. we've had a few. We've had some. There's been some big ones in the MLB, mm-hmm. but I mean in high school baseball. Yeah, yeah. yeah when I was uh, when I was at Lindenwood and I was I was doing athletic training for the baseball team there, and we were at Harris Stowe, which was a it was an inner city school in St. Louis that was in our conference, and it was a it was a situation where one of our guys had a hard a hard slide into second to yeah. kind of break up a double play, um, ball sailed in the outfield, and he wound up scoring, but also having a collision at the plate, like on mm-hmm. the same. So you take a dude out basically at second base, and then you have a collision at home plate. And uh, he got up and just got rocked, and it and he like, it dropped him. And he was uh, he was a college kid, but like he had just got braces, so like his tooth went through his lip, and it was like caught yeah. on the braces. And it not like it knocked him out to the point where he was seizing and stuff. Like it was scary. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, and being the guy who's like in charge of saving lives out there, like that was an uncomfortable moment. Yeah, you're, um, you're you're being the trainer for baseball. You're really not expecting no, to have to resuscitate. No, <laughs> yeah, know? that's that's really not on the uh, on the bingo card there. <laughs> And the first game that I coached as a head coach, uh, when I got promoted up from assistant, we were and it was a it was a weird deal. It was a mid year thing where the head coach is he just dipped and they were like, Hey, you got the team for the rest of the year. So I'm like, Okay, great. 
and we're on the road. We're in Kansas City. We're playing Park uh, University, and they're ranked, uh, nationally ranked, and we're receiving votes, and we're winning, like, the whole game, and they make a late run like you do at home, and it's tied at the time, and our freshman guard, who is a, he was a, he's a little shit. Like, he's one of those guys that you would hate to play against, yeah. but you love having him on your team kind of deal. And, uh, fight yeah, starter. he got into a, a skirmish with a kid on the opposite end of the court and, uh, our whole bench got up to run over there mm. and we were all like, like trying to grab guys and pull them back and stuff. So like people were getting ejected and there weren't punches throwing, but there were a lot of shoves and a skirmish yeah. and we wound up losing the freaking game because of that. Uh, but Nowadays, I don't remember they, they any just game everyone fights. Leaves the bench and I'm like, I know relax. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on, man. But no, it's, uh, that was wild. And yeah, that's the first time I, I remember seeing, I'm sure there has been, but like a women's basketball, like oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be punches land, man. It's just, yeah. it's really honestly like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's like, it's kind of cool when punches actually land in these sports fights. Cause yeah. uh, I feel like the vast majority are shoving, pushing, and like people kind of get there before anything real happens. So that's what's so cool whenever like Tim Anderson in baseball gets knocked out by Jose Ramirez. I was about to or say, who's like the that. dude for the White Sox that squared up? Right and after got I caught. said that baseball <laughs> fights aren't usually good, I started thinking about it. I'm like, Robin Ventura whipped that boy's ass that one time. Yeah. I remember, uh, there was, I feel like Nolan Ryan kicked someone's ass. Nolan Ryan. Well, yeah. the pitchers, by the way, baseball fighters, if you're if you're a baseball player that likes to get in a scrap every now and then, if you're the hitter at the plate, don't charge the mound. Yeah. You are at a strong disadvantage. <laughs> He's got the elevation and everything. It's like he the angles. He has time to. You have sixty feet. Right. You're not gonna like sneak up on him. Yeah. Was it? Th- uh, they're gonna. It, the pitcher always gets the the leg up there every time. Was it Bryce Harper who just horribly chucked the helmet? Like he. Yes, was, he missed it. <laughs> he just just yeah. missed it. Like not even close. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough look. If you're gonna if you're gonna throw an object, well, first of all, you got a bat in your hand. I'm not saying kill anybody, but you know but that yeah. gives you a little bit of an advantage. But yeah, if you're gonna throw your helmet, you can't Dude, miss that, uh, by thirty feet. Was it? Who was the dude? I forget the dude's name. Uh, Odor. Odor was the one that connected yeah. with Jose Bautista. Yeah. He slept. I mean, that, that was, was a, a clean shot, one, man. There's yeah. been some, he there's ate some that clean one. punches in baseball lately. Yeah. And do you remember? Oh, I think I'm pretty sure this is a minor league deal, but I can't remember if the dude struck out or if he walked, like what happened there. But then he, like, sweet chin music, the catcher who was in his stance. <laughs> I don't know and if then, I've seen that. I, yeah, was, he, I haven't seen the kicks land. I have to find it for you. Yeah. So the dude's, like, in his stance, doing his crouch, and he, <laughs> he just, just, like, <laughs> kicks him right in the freaking face mask, and then he charges the mound. <laughs> That's smart, though. Because sweet chin music's good because it's always <laughs> funny when people fight with football helmets or whatever, and it's yeah. like you're punching the dude. Right. Get it up underneath there. That's pretty good. If you charge the mound, you're usually not even going to get there before the catcher gets to you. Yeah. So you got to take that guy out first, and yeah. then go get the pitcher. So I thought it was kind of a savvy yeah. move. I'll Plus have to show the, you the that catcher's one, usually in on it. You know, catcher is usually in. Usually on a it. safe assumption. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> God, we could talk about this for hours. But uh, moving on, we're two beers down in the six pack. Moving on to the third one. I thought this was really interesting, and I think you watched the video. Uh, but Mike Boynton, yeah. who's the head coach at Oklahoma State, and he's very much on the hot seat because, uh, well, they've sucked since Cade Cunningham left. And they yeah. kind of got screwed over by the uh, NCAA tournament violation or the ban that they got for the same allegations that, like, but to a lesser degree that, like, Kansas had and, and LSU and Arizona and all these other schools that wound up not getting punished, like Oklahoma yeah. State was a sacrificial lamb, whatever. But he was talking about NIL and – Man, I thought he made a really great point, but he ruined it with his example. And what he's talking about is like, basically like recruiting was never really a challenge for him. He said until recruiting became not recruiting anymore. And what he's talking about 
is how you used to have to find these kids in like the ninth grade and follow them around for four years and be, you know, in their gym more than Bill Self or Roy Williams or whoever. Uh, And you got to have that relationship and then you get them. And now it's a situation where you could do that for four years, but then another school could come and say, hey, I'll pay you $500,000 to come here for nine months and then just lose them right away because money talks. Uh, I think that's a great point. But use Cade Cunningham's recruitment as the example and everybody knows that the reason he got Cade Cunningham was not because he was in the gym watching him every day for four years. Um, now, he had to do put in some legwork to do this, but he hired his brother, yeah. who had no experience, onto the staff. So, I, well, I you don't know, know. The reason why, I'll, I'll, and I agree with pretty much what you're saying. Yeah. He made a good point. It was weird to use the Cade Cunningham just because, mm-hmm. and, and also, like, I'm sure Cade Cunningham took some compensation at some point along yeah, the let's, line. Yeah, let's not like, pretend let's, let's be, he didn't. be for real here. <laughs> That's a good but point, even, yeah. But even aside from that, I just feel like the person he should be talking to is not us, or not, and I say not us, not the media about this. Talk to right. your school about this. Exactly, like, yeah, yeah, true. Sure, we'd like to live in a different world, a one that we used to live in, but it's just different. Like, And I, and I get that of the frustration of, hey, I'd rather just recruiting be truly about recruiting and all that. That's fine, it's just... You're a little late to the party, buddy. Like, we've yeah. kind of already moved on. <laughs> yeah. And also, I know you guys will pay for p- pure people. I know Oklahoma mm-hmm. State's, you know, got some NIL. It's like, look, it sucks that it is what it is, but that that's it's the world we live in, man. Like, you're, you're where just, we're at. But I, I agreed with everything that he was saying, where yeah. it's about the relationships and that kind of sucks. And he's like, look, I'm not going to work that hard anymore on recruiting. Like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, start it, fundraising then, Mike Boynton. But I, I thought it was—I thought it was actually a really good for anyone that hasn't watched the video. Just look it up. But it's like just about a minute clip of him talking about that. Mm-hmm. I, I really—I thought it was good for the most part, and I like yeah. it. But it, I, I'm with you where it's like, really, dude, you took away from your own point. By yeah, that. yeah. But no, it, it is—it is true, man. And I think it—it it actually reflects like, you know, you used to see like at the EYBL things. Um, you know, I'd show up out there and try to watch some of the kids Arkansas is recruiting or whatever, and I'd be checking out. Yeah, like the 17 U's or the kids who are going to going into mm-hmm. their senior year, and there's always going to be a lot of coaches around there. But that's basically all you see now. In the past, like when I was when I was back in the day, when I was coaching Man. a few years ago, but like there would be wall to wall college coaches at like the 14 and 15 U. Like these young yeah. dudes, they haven't even hit puberty yet, but you have to be a presence there. Right. Uh, now it just doesn't matter. Well, so it's like weird. I mean, it's it's similar to like pro sports a little bit and that's that's the direction we're heading whether people want to or not that's just kind of where where we're at now um and i think it's just going to become a thing where if you're a school like an oklahoma state who is not a small school you know they're they're in the big 12 a legitimate legitimate program you have to kind of do you want to if you want to kate cunningham you just got to spend money for him and you know these bigger schools they might be not one to to get in a bidding war over a guy because they have a bunch of other five stars like that's just how how the, the world's going to be that's how it is in pro sports the yeah. small market teams will go all in and get their one star because the Miami Heat don't want to negotiate it just that's just how it works like yeah. it's just you just kind of got to adapt to the time so it's like I, I agree with what he's saying and it's like I, I get it but also you paid for Kate Cunningham you hired you know it wasn't a real thing we don't feel <laughs> yeah. that bad for you and you're at Oklahoma State it's not like you're at Tulsa buddy yeah like exactly <laughs> sorry that yeah, Eddie on, Sutton ain't cranking out the checks for you that's not our <laughs> fault dude yeah yeah, exactly. You talk to uh He's acting like he's at a third world poverty program. It's like, bro, yeah, Oklahoma come on, State man. basketball. Right. You should be able to do some stuff there. <laughs> exactly. Uh okay, so we have we're halfway through the six pack. We're gonna move on to to more important topics even. And we have discussed on this very show uh, the sensation that is that is Sean Evans and Hot Ones. 
<laughs> which we, you know, we Sydney Sweeney comes on there. She's, you know, she's gobbling down oh the hot wings, goodness. and yeah. it, it's the interviews. The, the YouTube guy, very cool. Genuinely love that show. Yeah. Love oh it. yeah. It's 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 awesome. Little did we know that uh, the show Hot Ones is is uh, you know. It's minuscule compared to the actual hot ones in Sean Evans' life. Have you been seeing all this oh, stuff? Oh, I've been, with I've been the, seeing uh, it. So now he he's now it came out that he was dating a porn star, right? Yes, Melissa Stratton. For those who they who have feel since it. broken up, right? That's right. Like in a matter of two days, yeah. The picture of him just like mean mugging the camera and just with the porn star here, and like he's like, oh yeah, they're dating, and like just the way he's looking at the camera of just yep. like, yep. I'm the hot ones guy. Yeah. And I'm dating a porn star. You remember when Jimmy G got caught dating a porn yeah. star? It's like, you know, that, that's, you know. Right. I kind of I kind of respect that move. I respect it. I um, also respect that he dumped her. Yeah. Two days <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah, like, it was almost dude. like he just purposely had this whole thing. So do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking to our good our good buddy and our, our, our co-worker, John Neighbors? Mm-hmm. And he was saying, yeah, you know, he met the Sean Evans guy, and he's like, he's... A little bit. He 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 didn't have a bad thing to say about him, but he was like he's a little bit different off camera. Yeah, you know, like he's right. not just the happy go lucky, great interviewer that he is on Hot Ones. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, yeah. like it is. A, <laughs> this dude's a demon. Yeah, he's a man. demon low key man. He's yeah. he's he's on demon mode. I love that. Now I was reading some of the stuff about it, and it was pretty <laughs> funny. Like, okay, you know, you're you have a show. It's very it's wildly popular yeah. or whatever. But this is a adult film star that she's you know. Probably very good at her occupation, whatever. But Sean it Evans wasn't just it like, like that. Is that what you're getting towards? Well, maybe he does. But basically, what makes me respect him even more is that I guess the reason it became you know public knowledge that they were dating or seeing each other, or whatever, was she was posting pics of him, you know, them together, like all over Instagram or whatever. But he wasn't doing the same. Yeah. And he was posting like solo pictures of himself, like maybe at that's the Super why Bowl or whatever. Off. Yeah, and so you know. Dude, there was he one time he was interviewing someone, a a female, I mean he was an actor or something, and he was he asked her a question, and he's such a good question asker. Mm-hmm. Like he's really genuinely one of the best interviewers on in the world right now, I truly believe. Uh, but he asked this girl this question and she was like taken back and she was like, I don't know if you're just flirting with me or, or if like that was just you did your research or whatever, but like are you are you like are you in like kind of like was yeah you know, moved by how he was asking her the question. So I'm like, you know what? This dude, Sean. Shout out to him, He man. might just have, he just might have it like that. Yeah. He, he might. might just be that guy. Yeah. That, uh, that story, that made me happy. We yeah. had to talk about that. <laughs> I love seeing I, that. I thought about having it for the flurry, but I was like, no, no, no that's we got to get this sure. guy in here and we'll get to the flurry. But before we do, uh, listen, man, we've been waiting for a good UFC card. Uh, we have we got one, one on Saturday. 298 is going to be a freaking banger we're gonna watch it together we're gonna be at buffalo we wild wings we're excited about that by the way if y'all want to pull up at b-dubs we'll we'll be there be there uh, yeah it Come is what out. it is um we're pumped for it arkansas basketball only if you're cool as I, that's our rules by the way of all time like, that's only, yeah, only if you're cool only then yeah don't mess up the vibes saturday's right. gonna be an immaculate day arkansas yeah basketball. arkansas basketball's at one yeah but here's the kicker right is even if it's a stinker in starkville by halftime, the baseball game will start. Correct, yeah. And then when that's over, you got plenty of time to do what you got to do and, and get to B-dubs and watch the fights. So anyway, card's going to be awesome. Do you remember like three weeks ago when I messaged you and I was like, hey, I just looked at it. Like, we're we're not going to have Arkansas and UFC overlap until at least May. Yeah. Because like the three events, you know, I guess March 9th, April 13th, tonight, like at least a pay-per-view, those next three Arkansas sports schedule lines up flawlessly. It's a with beautiful them. thing, and I love that. I mean, April thirteenth, we definitely don't have to worry about Arkansas basketball. I mean, even if I guess even if they had won the title, they would be done. Yeah, they would probably be done then. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely don't have to worry yeah. about them. <laughs> um, but guys, 
if you are thinking about watching this event or you're whatever, you're on the fence about it, do it. You got your B-dubs. You got Twin Peaks has plays the fights. Yeah. You've got streams all over the internet. Yeah. Just look for like five minutes and you'll find a stream. Yeah. Trust me. Before you... Hell, I no offense, Dana White, but before you, you know, go paying for the pay per view. Yeah, if you've like, got the money and you're like, you know, want to do it, I, you know, I bought the one in January. I felt I feel okay about that decision, but don't feel like oh, I got to pay ninety bucks just yeah. to understand what y'all talking about. Just honestly, DM me and I will DM you a link. Personally. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I promise you, anyone who who or tweets at me or whatever, I will DM you a link. There we, we go. Don't, we can't go posting links because that's that's how the it's frowned the ops upon. Get us. Yeah. That's how the ops get us. <laughs> but guys, be cool. Watch the fights. They're free. It's cool. Yeah. They're free. Yeah. Um, and also, this is a card where, like, the prelims are not great, which is good because we will be doing stuff during those. You know, like, the, the early prelims are at 530, the prelims are at 7, and then the main card's at 9. Yeah. However, uh, that's it. So it doesn't really overlap with anything. So if you're watching if, college basketball or whatever, you can do all that. If you're on the fence about the main card, then just watch the final prelim, right? Typically, and then, you know, yes. when you know, you know who why our I final, said that, you, I was like, you know who our featured prelim <laughs> is. Let's that, we'll go ahead and start there, especially because yeah. the fight below it, I have horrible news to report. Uh-oh. Not horrible, but there were only two decent prelims: the mm-hmm. Mackenzie Dern fight, which I'm about to talk about, and then yep. this heavyweight fight between Justin Taffa and Marcos Rogero de Lima. Mm-hmm. One of them missed weight, and then they, it's just it's just not happening. They scrapped it. They scrapped yeah. it today. Mackenzie Dern uh, make weight. I don't know if she made weight, but I have not heard that the fight's canceled yet. So I'm yeah. going to assume that all these fights are on. So hopefully they are. But uh, Mackenzie Dern, let's just say that she has she has a strong male following. Yes. The male audience has really taken a liking to her. That's a great way to put it. Um, she is. <laughs> there's a Brazilian flag next to her. She's not really Brazilian, no. but she claims to be Brazilian. <laughs> Uh, she's a white woman from from Los Angeles, it appears. But we, the last time we were at B Dubs, did we watch her lose? Yo, yeah, in okay, uh, November. Right. Yeah, uh, she got pieced up by Jessica Andrade. Oh, it was like yeah. Jessica Andrade is if there was a BMF belt for women, the BWF, I guess. Yeah. Or no, B- the M doesn't stand for men. <laughs> yeah, <it's- laughs> uh, she's the BMF of the women's. She just yeah. is one of those like fights. And Mackenzie Dern's a grappler who mm. ran into a girl who could grapple and could also hit her with bricks, and that's what she yes. did. Uh, kind of a weird matchup here, because, you know, Amanda Lemos, who you almost convinced yourself was going to beat Zhang Wei Lee back in August. Do you remember I did that? I almost convinced myself that, Amanda yeah. Lemos <laughs> is fun, dude. Amanda Lemos had this stretch where she was, like, only fighting in the apex. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I don't know if she just didn't like crowds or whatever. She's got but hands she was on like, her. But she's got some hands. She's got a ton of good finishes. Like, if she mm-hmm. wins, it's going to be by finish, whether she knocks her out or submits her. She's done a little bit of both, but with against Whaley, she just really couldn't stop the takedowns. And so if McKenzie's able to take her down, she's got really good grappling. She McKenzie Dern, I mean, you know, we're talking about her being a, a good looking woman, which she is, but she's also one of the better grapplers in the UFC. Like she she competed mm-hmm. in Brazilian jiu-jitsu for before, like full time before she did MMA. And so she's won all these tournaments and knows all these submissions and stuff. So if she gets it to the ground, she's gonna know what she's doing and she can, yeah. you know, she can win that fight. And she's Kind of, she's she's in that range of like she's ranked seventh right now, and she just can't quite get over the hump and beat right. a top five person. But she's taking this fight on a month's notice. By the way, this was supposed mm. to be Tatiana Suarez who would have dominated both of these girls easily. Right. Uh, she had to pull out. Um, I think this is an interesting spot. Mackenzie Dern is plus one fifteen. I think she's got a chance. Do you worry about her now? Is she the one who's been taking so many fights because she like I don't know if she needs the money or she's like got some personal. Well, that stuff was going that on. was Andrade who was that taking was all the fights. Okay, she okay, fought okay. five times in 2023 and she okay. went two and three. Right, I got you. Uh, but okay. she was just all she did was fight high level yeah. people. But yeah, she knocked out Dern in November. 
Yeah. Uh, now, D- D- Dern, last year, she fought twice. Once okay. against Angela Hill, where she dominated her, won that one, and that was right after she got divorced. So there was That's a stretch right. where people were like, hey, divorce Dern is a mythical fighter. It was like a thing. <laughs> uh, but then she got beat up by Jessica Andrade. Yeah. I'm interested to see how she shakes back, but... Uh, yeah. I think y'all should watch that fight. I'm not saying I it's going it to be like distance, a, Yeah, I'm hoping it's yes. just a fun fight. And, yeah. you know, McKenzie, it might not be great, but she is typically fun. Mm. You know, she do, does usually bring the action. So that'll be a fun featured prelim. And uh, it'll, it's a it's a good one to kick us right into this main card. Yeah, main card's a banger, dude. So it starts off, honestly, like no, nobody that nobody listening right now is going to know these two names that I'm about to read. But Roman Kopilov is a Russian kickboxer. You now, showed me this is the dude you showed me yesterday? Yes. And he Ooh. honestly, he looks a little bit... I said this to you yesterday. This is probably something I shouldn't say on the air. He looks like a little bit like if Landon Jackson had hair. Yeah. In the face, just in the face. Now, he's right. not nearly as big as Landon Jackson. <laughs> yeah. This professional fighter, Landon Jackson could probably kick his ass because he's just sure. bigger than him. But this is 185 pounds, so a good good weight class. Now, normally Russian Russian dudes are, are wrestlers, typically. Yeah. This dude, Kopilov, he's not from Dagestan. He's from Russia. I don't know where specifically, but he's a kickboxer. He's got feet. Got feet, man. He's got. He's been. He knocks these dudes unconscious. He's got. Yeah. So his UFC career started with a unanimous decision loss, where he faced a grappler and couldn't mm. stop the takedowns. After that, five straight KO wins. Come on, uh, now. he's had some highlight. I mean, his he puts these dudes unconscious, and so yeah. This this fight, he's fighting a dude Anthony Hernandez. Uh, Kopilov's twelve and two. Hernandez eleven and two. So we're looking oh, okay. like Hernandez is ranked fifteenth too. So this is a kind of a defend your ranking situation. Mm-hmm. If Hernandez can take him down. Kapilov, it doesn't seem like he can grapple a ton. Yeah. So I don't know if I think that's probably the, the easy path to victory there. But if he can't take this dude down, I think I think we're looking at a highlight real KO potential. I think Kapilov's going to put his lights I hope out. So, um, so that would be the most fun option. Yeah. Kapilov's plus two hundred. Now look, guys, I'm saying this. I could you if if you bet on this fight and then you see Anthony Hernandez sit on him for 15 minutes, don't say I didn't tell you that couldn't happen. Right. That could absolutely happen. But I truly believe if he doesn't. If he can't take Kopilov down, he's going to sleep. I really yeah. think that's what's going on here. At plus 200, bet on the cool guy. Bet on the, the striker, the guy who would has a chance to sleep him. That'll be the fun one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Curtis, what do you what how much have you how much do you know of Marab Davalashvili? Um, is he the dude who essentially is like such a good friend that he's probably missed his opportunity to be a champion? Is that well, I'll tell you, the fact that he's fighting this fight against Henry Cejudo, yeah. despite coming, he just dominated Peter Yan. His right. last fight, he dominated Peter Yan. And right. Sean, we saw Sean O'Malley get a title shot off of beating Peter Yan in controversial mm-hmm. fashion. And obviously, Sean O'Malley is the champion and is. This, Marab is the, he tells you what the UFC is all about, where right. it's like, there's a different level to this thing. Fighting and being mm-hmm. good at fighting is just simply not enough. Yeah. I think he's won 10 straight fights or something like that, eight straight fights. Um, has am, am I right kinds. though? Like, is he like him and Aljo are boys? Yes, and, and he they was weren't going to fight. Training partners and best friends with Aljamain okay. Sterling, yeah. who just lost the belt to Sean O'Malley, right. and he and Dana White was asked about it a few times and was just like, "Hey, man, if you want to get on my bad side, turn turn down a title fight." And that's what Marab did because they offered him to fight Aljo, and he's like, "Hey, yeah. I'm not going to fight him. That's my teammate. That's my best friend." And many people, including myself, have always secretly wondered. Because those they train together every day, they spar, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's you know MMA sparring is not as simple as just two guys going out there and trying to fight. It's yeah. usually like they're preparing. There's a, usually there's Marab a is, is simulating an opponent, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I've always wondered those dudes know between the two of them who's better. Yeah, I I just deep down I <laughs> secretly, and who knows you know like uh, Aljo beat Henry Cejudo in a pretty close title fight last May. Mm-hmm. So if Marab goes out there and just dominates him. 
it's going to make me kind of think, because that's what happened with Peter Yan. You yeah. know, Aljo beat Peter Yan, but he had to really grind that one out. Uh, we saw Sean O'Malley have to really grind one out against Peter Yan. The fact that Marab dominated Peter Yan makes me really think this might be the best 135-pound fighter in the world. It really might be. Right. Uh, I mean, he, he's going to be ranked number one once Aljo makes his featherweight debut and officially True. moves to featherweight. So it's like... Does the winner of this fight get the winner of Sean and Cheeto? I think if or? it's Marab, it, for sure. Okay. I don't think Henry is honestly like... I think Henry's going to retire after he loses this fight. I imagine he will. That's going to be my next question, yeah. I just... I don't see a ton of traction. I don't think people care about Henry Cejudo. I don't think people care about Marab big picture like in the world. But I think in the mm -hmm. MMA community, there's at least a lot of people who are like, hey, Marab should maybe get a chance. He's pretty entertaining in the press conference. He's, he's so. got... A, he's, he does these videos that are fun. His like, videos he's, are He's got funny, an yeah. interesting personality. I actually think he's got a chance. Like, I think this will be a, a big moment for him to kind of sure. get in front of a large audience and show some people who what how good he is. He's had some dud fights though. Like he's a grappler mm -hmm. who just goes for the takedowns. This this might be the worst fight of the night. Yeah. In yeah, terms yeah, of at I least on the main saying. card, this is gonna be the least thrilling, like action fight. Right. They're both but so there's little. a lot of stakes, like you said, because I mean we're talking about Henry Cejudo. Does he get a title shot? Does he not? Maybe, but he's in that conversation if he wins. Mm -hmm. He might retire if he loses. I think it's the stakes are that for him. Right. And Marab, you know, if he wins this fight, yeah, he probably gets to fight Sean O'Malley for the belt and his his patience will have been rewarded. But dude, sure. if he loses, if he slips on the banana peel here, we see that happen all the time. I mean, it just happened to Gilbert Burns last year where he yeah. took a fight on short notice being like, oh, I'll get one more win and that'll be it. Mm -hmm. And then he slips on the banana peel and loses to Bilal, who everyone hates. And it's like, damn. Right. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping... That doesn't happen to Marab. But as a Sean O'Malley fan, I'm not going to be upset if it does because Marab's a nightmare. I don't, want, I, don't, I, don't, right. I don't want my boy Sugar's facing, facing Marab. No, no, so. no. You don't want that. Now, the next fight, though, okay. Chris, is the fight. Okay. Which one is this? The, this is Ian Gary. Oh, my god. Where it's time dude. to talk about Ian Machado yeah, here Gary. Here we go, man. Yeah. Um, for anyone who's sick of us talking UFC already, I'm sorry. But this is where it really you starts to tap get fun. In. This is where it starts to get fun. Yeah. Ian Machado Gary. So he's 13 and 0. He's 26 years old. He's from Ireland. He's got the the blessing of Conor McGregor. He's got this uh, expressive personality. Oh, He's a handsome guy. He likes to talk. He likes to promote himself. He does He's do good on social things. media. He has everything you would want, and he's got an exciting fight style. He has everything you would want in a superstar in mixed martial arts. You know, he he's he's the character. He's got the fun fighting, but he has not really resonated with the fans. Now I will say. I don't say that as a knock. He's a heel. He, he is, is a truly heel. like yes. we're talking. You know, I know that's a WWE term, yeah. but no, that's we a use fact. a lot of those around here. He is a heel, and he is a damn good heel. I yeah. would argue. Uh, he's over there flipping people off in the crowd last night at the for the presser. Yeah, he has really rubbed people the wrong way, Curtis. And yes. uh, you personally, you, you, how do you feel about Ian Gary? I was actually a big Ian Gary fan after he fought. Neil Magny. Yeah. We watched and just him. just absolutely gave him dominated. the finger in the ring as he's walking between yeah. rounds. It's like giving him the finger. It's yeah. like Yeah, because you had told me about him. It's like, hey man, like you, this is a dude yeah. to keep an eye on for real. He could be legit. Uh, and then after that fight, I was like, oh hell yeah, dude, sign me up. And had been waiting for him to fight. And then who was he scheduled to fight? Vincente Luque. Okay, that's right. Who is and fighting then, soon? We'll you know, talk about him. All soon. of a sudden, I, he well, he wound up getting pneumonia or something. He had to pull mm -hmm. out. I don't know. He got like a sick. week before. But the whole situation that has just completely changed my tune is his his cuckdom. His cuckdom, yeah. It's just wild to me. And and you can explain it better than I can. But essentially, he's 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 married to a wag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, she's oh, how much older is she than him? So she's 42, 43, maybe 41. Like and he's like the, 26. And he's 26. Yeah, so she's quite a bit older. Quite a bit older. And that's whatever. But the, yeah. there's two things about it is, one, 
Her ex-husband is their or his nutritionist. nutritionist. Travels with them at times. Yes. Now he doesn't. Now there were there were rumors and people speculating like that he lived that them. he lives yeah. with them. They, they don't live with the trainer, yeah. but they do. Like he comes on the. He's probably in L.A. with them right now, or in right. Anaheim. That's where they're at. So that's a little weird, yeah. uh, a little strange to me. And then also, he's just he strikes me as the poster boy getting got because she wrote a book right yeah. on how to or an article or something on how to be uh, a female who yes. gets the famous yes <laughs> husband, well, uh, the like. term wag that curtis used means wives and girlfriends it's yeah. kind of the term for if you're you know the collection it's usually like a club it's like oh yeah, yeah like the girls friends of the players of the baseball team of the whatever but so apparently the backstory on this is back in the day she was a like an entertainment journalist for a magazine or for something mm-hmm. or something along those lines but the world cup was in europe where she was yeah. or i don't know where it was at exactly i can't remember if it was ireland or wherever but Maybe in Spain, I don't know, but she wherever she was at, she was covering it, and so she wrote a thing like a book, like a small, I don't know how long it was, but like a kind of short story satire is yes. what, the, what it was described as. Book of like, hey, the World Cup's in town. Here's how you can be a wag. You can <laughs> secure your famous rich husband. Yes, you know the star, the star soccer players are here. So it's like this is clearly a woman who <laughs> is like, you know, it's joking. She has or not, an agenda. <laughs> has kind of floated the idea that she might want a rich husband, yeah. and. uh she had, I don't know how rich the nutritionist was whenever they were married, but she now is married to Ian Gary. And look, I, I don't want to like make too much light of this because look, there were some crazy accusations oh, and yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, people yeah. were calling her a pedophile, and right. Ian really didn't like that. Mm-hmm. He really didn't He's like it. He's been getting ripped. Now, look, I don't have a problem with Ian not liking it. I just, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated to see how he handles this whole thing. Me too. But so, you know, the reason we're talking about him this way is because the internet really turned on Ian Gary. The people, when people found out all yeah, this stuff and just, uh, just found the, the book and found like the stuff and also. He's fighting Jeff Neal. He was scheduled to fight Jeff Neal, if you remember, another when he angle. fought Neil Magny. Mm-hmm. He showed up to a UFC event in a shirt that had Jeff Neal's mugshot on yeah. it uh, from when he had gotten arrested. I can't even remember what it was for. Maybe like a DUI or something. But, you know, went to, went to the, you know, so it's like right. he's he's fully leaning into the bad boy thing. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that his wife may or may not be sleeping with her ex and all yeah, this. And, crazy, you know, people, you know, they have a one-year-old kid together. And, like, mm-hmm. people have, you know, made all kinds of crazy rumors and did speculation. He, did he take her last name or something? That- so, okay. It's, that's, that's another aspect of this. Okay. It's a very weird thing in Irish culture. Apparently, it's a thing. I don't okay. know. Maybe in his family. And, and look. I don't really know yeah. what's going on. And I mean, this might be a Brazilian thing now to think about it because she's she's got people from Brazil is and that's where they Machado? currently reside. Is that so? Yes, her family name is Machado. Okay. All right, all right. Gotcha. Um, and so he, when they got married, that's now his middle name is Ian Machado Gary. Yeah. Someone at the press conference the other day asked him to clarify, and he's like, Yep, I'm Ian Machado Gary. I thought that it was her husband's last name, and a lot oh. of people did. So yeah, a lot of people were tough. thinking that he was using his nutritionist slash his yeah. wife's ex husband's name. That's not the case. This but is again, what the internet does. But this is how the internet Love works, triangles. where it's just kind of that yeah. way. And look, <laughs> we're not. I'm not doing this as a defense of Ian Gary. He's a shithead, man. He is. Yeah. And, I, and I love watching him fight, and I love heels. So I love Ian Gary, but I'm not saying you have to. There are right. plenty of people tuning in this weekend <laughs> to see this 13-0 kid get broad-checked, yes. which is a term we like to use when an up-and-coming prospect faces a grizzled veteran That's what I'm hanging my him. hat on. So Jeff yeah. Neal's ranked 8th. And he's 14 and 5. His last hands. fight, he's got hands of steel, is what they call him. Dude. Jeff, hands of steel, Neil. Great. Um, <laughs> he is the perfect guy to fight. If you're, we got to find out how tough you are. We're going to make mm-hmm. you fight Jeff Neal because Jeff Neal's a bad dude. And uh, Vincente Luque, who we were just referencing, Ian Gary's teammate who he was scheduled to fight, he got fraud checked against Jeff Neal. Okay. Had a brain bleed. 
Ooh. And then Shavkat had a fight against uh, Jeff Neal where he did not get fraud checked. Shavkat passed the test. Now Shavkat's ranked number three. We know Shavkat's bad. We're ready to see Shavkat fight for the title, but he right. had to beat Jeff Neal to show us that yeah. and then beat Wonderboy. This could be the perfect launching pad for Ian Gary to kind of show people he's a legit, hey, I'm a heel. You hate me. You love me. I don't care. I'm a bad dude, and I'm going to put hands on whoever it is you put in front of me. Yeah. Like That's how this could turn out for Ian Gary. Or... We could all be dancing on this kid's grave and I the memes so. ramp up and Jeff and look, <laughs> Dude, Jeff Neal's Jeff so. Neal's the man. Yeah. So I I really I hate that he's kind of the like slipped in here, but this mm -hmm. is a huge stage for him, a huge moment. Uh and he dude, he he brought out he he pushed Shavkat to the limit. Yeah. He he landed some stuff on hey, Shavkat. Now look it's it, not easy to do. <laughs> not easy to do, but he forced Shavkat to kind of raise his game. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to put Ian Gary in a position where Ian's gonna have to raise his game. Yeah. I think Ian's got all the talent in the world. He's 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 special. I really do think he is as a fighter. Mm -hmm. I would love to see him rise to the occasion and then cut a great promo after. That's what I want. Yeah. But I know there are a lot of people who want what you want, which is Jeff Neal to put <laughs> them hands on him. him down, it's going to be fun no matter what. I can yeah. guarantee this fight, neither of these dudes are grapplers. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a fun fight regardless of what oh, happens. I can't wait, man. Um, I can't wait to bet on that one. So, look, Ian Gary is minus 235. Mm-hmm. I, as an Ian Gary fan, just told you I think he's winning. I can I cannot comfortably tell you to bet that. Yeah. Or anybody to bet that. I think that's too fat of a price. And Jeff Neal is too good to be plus one ninety against a dude he's ranked above. Yeah. Now he's you know Ian Gary I think is a better fight. I think he's properly sure. favored. I just think Jeff Neal at plus one ninety. If you like him, I, I like that too. Mm -hmm. I think if you were to bet this, I would bet Gary by KO. I just feel like Gary is he needs to he knows he has to make a statement. Yeah. I think he's going to be able to weather the early Shoot storm. And I think he's going to know I need to finish this fight. And mm -hmm. I think he's got too many weapons that could do that. I think, I mean, both of these guys could land one shot and KO each other. I mean, it's just True. what kind of talents we're looking at. Uh, I like Ian by KO. I'm sure you can get that at plus odds wherever you're betting. Probably so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I like that. And now sick, dude. let's move to the co-main event real quick. Okay. We don't have to talk about this one as much. Paulo Costa. One is, of the he's funniest the characters. Man. Yeah, this dude. Do you remember is that awesome. time I just blindly was like, "You have to follow this dude on Twitter." Yes, and like, uh, didn't even tell you anything thing else. You've ever suggested everyone else do. do that right now. Paulo Costa on Twitter, Borrachinha, I think is his yes, at name. Dude. Follow him on Twitter. He's a Brazilian star, uh, former he, title challenger. Uh, he's a fun fighter. Has not fought a ton over the last few years, but is one of the funniest personalities. If in you're all not sports. sure if you're into the UFC or not, like you're still teetering, you don't know how entertaining it is outside yeah. of the actual fights. Like, yes, follow this dude, and he will steer you in the direction of becoming yeah. a fan. Like he's freaking hilarious. And, and I'll be and apparently, he's a bad man too. But he's a bad man. Now look. He's had a fascinating career because he was undefeated going into his title fight with Izzy. He was kind of the the Ian Gary at that point, the kind the kid that's mm -hmm. on his way up the Shavkat, if you will, the whatever. I think he was like a him and Ian. I mean, him and Israel Adesanya was like dead even line. And Israel Adesanya maybe the best middleweight ever, one of my favorite fa fighters ever. People really thought he had a chance to beat beat Izzy. Like it was a big thing, and Izzy just kind of outclassed him. Just you know, yeah. chewed up his legs. Paulo's legs had huge welts on him after the first round. Like just chewed him up, and then eventually finished him in the second round. Mm -hmm. And just Kind of, and Paulo claims that he was wine drunk the night before. Yeah. Maybe he was, yeah, he maybe he wasn't. Was. I don't know. But if you watch the fight, he looked like he might have been. His next <laughs> fight, he shows up 25 pounds overweight. They have to move it up a weight class. And so it's like, oh crap. Like this guy who at one point we were like, hey, is he about to beat Izzy? Is he about to be the champ? Now he's on a two fight losing streak and he's missed away by 20 pounds. pounds. And it's like, holy cow. Then he got then a he staff has, infection? Is well, that, then he has a contract dispute with the UFC that takes okay. forever. Yeah. He fights Luke Rockhold on the last fight of his deal, and then the contract dispute, and he beats a 
really fun fight. Every fight he's in, for the most part, is a really fun mm-hmm. fight. Um, gets back in the win column. Then he enters a long contract dispute. Finally gets his contract situation worked out. Uh, they had announced that he was going to fight in July of last year, but then that was apparently he had never even signed to fight. And it was one of those, another weird one that we talk yeah. about where it's like, yeah. wait, what's going on? Was supposed to fight in October, gets staph infection two weeks before. And so we've had to wait a long time to see the return of the eraser, Paulo Costa. That's but right. uh, this is one of those fights. He's fighting Robert Whitaker, He's former gonna catch champion. He's like, this is a legit, this is a high level top five matchup. Two bad dudes. Watch just if you're just watching the event, they'll promote it for you. Robert yeah. Whitaker, I can read you his resume if you need, but he's he's a stud. He's mm-hmm. he's as proven as anyone in this division. Uh, like I said, former champion. If Israel Adesanya didn't exist, maybe he's the best middleweight of all time. Who knows? This fight probably would have happened before. But again, like Curtis said, if you're on the fence, this is one of those fights where it's like this is yeah. what we're asking. If you if you watch this fight and you don't like it. I don't it's know. Just not I, for maybe you. maybe one of them will break their leg in the first five minutes or whatever. True. But I just like <laughs> I just true. think it's going to be one of those guaranteed firework fights. Yeah, doesn't really need much promotion. But for Robert sure. Whitaker, the Aussie. There's two Aussies on this card, or it's actually, awesome. there's a few Aussies. Yeah. Um, Aussie in the main event, Alex Volkanovski. Grandpa Volk. Where so you, Volk has really won you over, like in your time as a fan, right? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely love him. Like you know, when I was introduced to Volk, it was he's just you know tough as nails and just a great fighter pound for pound you know kind of guy and I always respected that but I've, I've seen more of his personality lately and I didn't see so much of it in his last fight because he took it on such short notice right and we talk about that all day whether or not he was just a drunk before he took that fight or whatever um, but he's really leaned into this bit where people were saying oh is he is he getting too old is he washed is, is this the beginning yeah. of the end now he's fighting a youngster or whatever uh, but yeah like him mm-hmm cutting all these promos, showing up to the press conference, just dressed like Benjamin Button, old man, uh, and leaning into it has been freaking incredible. He's killing it in this bit, oh my goodness, and that's why yeah. I hope he wins this and fight we so mentioned, bad. We mentioned his bit on the one of the six-packs. If you yeah. didn't watch it then, now <laughs> yeah. really go watch it. Oh, dude, it's Type awesome. in Volk Old Man on YouTube, and it'll pop, <laughs> a bunch of videos will pop up. But watch all of them. They're all great. But he yeah. did a very good promo where he kind of was leaning into it, like you said. You know, Volk's fascinating because... You know, he's a, this guy is a former rugby player. He was a professional mm-hmm. rugby player who played rugby at a at two hundred five pounds, which is nuts because he's, he's not that he's big. He's five of a dude. six and he weighed in at one forty five this morning. Yeah, not a big guy at no. all. But he was playing rugby, pro rugby, with all these big dudes. His uh his first professional MMA loss came at one hundred and eighty five pounds. If you go back and look, I if you go look at his, that. if you go look at his yeah. Wikipedia page, and he 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 told the story in an interview where he was like, earlier in my career, it's hard to get fights when you're trying to work your way onto the scene and get booked. And he was like having trouble getting booked, so he would just take any fight that was offered. If it was 170, 185 pounds, 205, yeah. whatever. So he his first pro loss was a knockout against 185 pound dude. He's like, he's 145, and so it's like <laughs> that was his only loss until he got to the UFC, uh, and then he didn't lose, didn't lose, didn't lose. He fights Max Holloway. And he was like a plus 300. He was a huge underdog. Mm-hmm. Unanimous decision kind of dominated him. Pe- right. People said it was a controversial decision. Go back and watch the fight. It's not controversial. They had a rematch with Max Holloway, who at the time was the consensus best featherweight ever. That one was controversial. I actually thought yeah. Max won that one. But again, they they do it whatever. They do it a third time, and he outclasses him worse than he did the first two times. And it was just you could kind of see like, okay, this dude's undeniable. Let's just relax. He's the best right. featherweight in the world. He's beaten Brian Ortega, where he had to fight out of the, all these submissions. Uh, he did, he beat the Korean beat the Korean Zombie, beats Yair Rodriguez. I believe he's now he's got six title defenses mm-hmm. is what he's up to at featherweight. Wow. Never lost at this weight class. Yeah, 
has two had two losses in 2023. One via very close decision to Islam Makachev, who mm-hmm. is the best fighter in the world. Pound yeah. for, I mean, he's the best pound for pound. He's the best 150. He's the best fighter in the world. Habib's cousin. Right. Volk goes up a weight class, and many argued he beat him. He didn't beat him. Right. Again, like just watch. He won watch the, the fight. End of the the, fight. Yeah. He won the fifth round, and he and look, one could argue that if they if they had, they had asked Islam, hey, do you want to fight two more rounds? I think he would have tapped out. I'm just yeah. telling you. Right. But I think it was the, the right the decision was right, but it was a night where Volk people really further solidified like, all right, this is an all time great. This is a legend. We cannot keep denying this guy. Mm. He uh, defends his belt against Yair in the summer and then comes back, like you said, on short notice. What do you have like two weeks or something? I think like, it was eleven days, is yeah, what it was, dude, that's... and that's eleven days where you also had to drop weight, hop on a flight, go to Abu Dhabi. He lives in Australia. Mm. According to him, he was drinking heavily yeah. between fights because he was kind of depressed about not having a fight and just kind of. With a little, 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 little going crazy, he just had a daughter too. So look, he went into that Islam fight where he gets head kicked, KO'd in the first round. Imagine taking a short notice fight against Islam after you've been on a bender, thinking, "Hey, right. this is what it's going to get me back well, on you track." Just, he like, just fought him with a full camp and yeah. almost beat him, but didn't quite. So it's like you, I, I was, I would have seen the, I would have loved to have seen the rematch under a real camp. Yes, but it's yeah. like there was no way that he was going to outdo that performance on right. short notice and. Sure. You know, I think he regrets taking it. I think he knows like that was stupid. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. And now but... he's fighting this dude who is talking mad. Well, shit. again, we just said that was in October where he's yeah. coming off of this loss and he gets head kicked and killed and he was drinking every day. Mm-hmm. We're in February, so it's very fair to question what version of Volk are we going to get? Are we going to yeah. get the guy who has never lost at 145 pounds and that seems to rise above everything we always put in front of him, or are we going to get the guy who was drinking heavily and took a short notice fight and maybe is not in the best headspace. Mm. Ilya Tsipuria is just not who you want to face in those con- in those circumstances. Yeah. For those some people might recognize Ilya Tsipuria's name cuz he beat the absolute hell out of Bryce Mitchell. Yes. Uh December of <laughs> yeah. 2022, which at the time I remember being thinking like, "Oh man, Bryce might not be as good as I thought." Since then Ilya Tsipuria has been beating a lot of people. Yeah, he's beaten everybody he's like guy. that. Yeah. <laughs> and hell, he might be Volk like that. I mean, there's right. he, the way he's talking, Curtis. He truly believes he's about to go in there and make quick work. He likes the matchup. He thinks he's got and he's definitely got the power advantage. He's yeah. the more explosive. He's he's 27 years old. He's the younger, more explosive athlete. He hits harder. I I you know, I think he he respects Volk, but I I think he truly thinks that he's just got a different level of threat and he doesn't mm-hmm. think Volk's going to be able to match him and look Historically speaking, Volk just turned 35. Fighters over the age of 30 35 or older in the smaller weight classes just don't typically age well. It's like they're like two yeah. and twenty-seven in fight title fights or something crazy like that. Like kind of like that in the NBA too. Like the Chris yeah. Pauls in the world. Like they're rare. When you're six foot three, it's just hard to play basketball for a long time. It's kind of like that. So it's like we're kind of reaching. There's a lot of things that would trend towards this being a changing of the guard moment. Mm. It's very similar to Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo, and I know that's like sacrilegious. And I'm not saying Taporia's Conor. I'm not saying yeah. that even. I mean, Vulcan, similar situations though. But you yeah. had Jose Aldo, the unanimous best featherweight ever, pound for pound, top three, like unanimous. And you have a guy in Conor McGregor who just knew he was going to go out there and put his lights out and went out there and put his lights out. And it was a changing of the guard. And it was mm-hmm. kind of a moment where like, oh, that is what it is. Like, And you had a star on your hands. If Taporia goes out there and beats Volk, he's going to be a massive star. Everyone's going to be talking about this dude. People like that are listening to this that had never heard of him until this podcast will be hearing about him on Monday if oh, he yeah. goes out there and KOs Volk. Yeah. We well, talk about stakes, to? man. Who's going to win this fight? You got to go on the record now. It's minus one twenty-five for Volk. 
Volk is the slightest of slight favorites. Okay. Which, like, crazy. If you look at his resume and just all the people he's faced, you're like, man, how is he only minus 125 against this guy who's whose best win is Bryce Mitchell, you know, yeah. or Josh Emmett, really. But because, you know, it's fair to wonder, has because Teporia certainly hasn't faced anyone this accomplished, this mm-hmm. well-rounded. I just think I think the power advantage is what really makes me nervous. That combined with Volk coming off of a KO loss, being 35 and kind of getting up there in age, uh, I thought there were moments in the Yair fight he looked a little, like, not peak Volk. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Teporia gets it done. I don't know if he KOs him. But I think he's going to land the bigger shots in this fight. I think that Volk, I'm never going to count him out. If Volk goes out there and outclasses him and makes it look easy, I won't be surprised. Right. Because I'm not surprised by anything that dude does. He's going to be coming out to the land down under the song. But I think Teporia, <laughs> I think it's. I think we have a star on our hands, guys. I think this dude's the real deal. He certainly believes he's the real deal. He definitely he believes that. He would be 15-0. He's got all of Spain behind him. He's yeah. from Georgia, not Atlanta. The country Georgia. Yep. Now he's at Spain, so he's got two countries behind him. He he's again kind of like Ian Gary, looks like a star, talks like a star, walks like a star, does, fights man. like a star, man. He's got the it factor. He does he's, have that. He's just kind of when y'all watch him this weekend, like you see the promo and all that, he just has that star factor. And like kind of with Sean O'Malley, that's how I felt going into it. Where I was like, I just feel like this guy just it feels like he's the guy. And I worry what that means for Volk, because I freaking love Volk and I respect I know, that dude man. so much. I know. And I would, I'm going to be happy no matter what with this main event, mm. unless but one of the guys just doesn't show up or something. But I, yeah. I, I'm going to be so nervous. But I, I just, I'm leaning to Poria, and that's probably where I'll bet. But uh, secretly, I love Volk, and I think yeah. Volk's going to get it done. I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm torn. I think man. I'm kind of in the same vein with you, man. Either way, like it, it's a freaking awesome card, and I'm really <sighs> so good, I, I'm dude. pumped. I'm pumped to watch it. I'm pumped to bet on it until I yeah. lose all my money, and then I'm excited to talk about it again on Monday. So that, that's kind of where it. I'm at with it. It'll be a blast. Um, Let's get through the Friday flurry. Yeah, we we'll go yeah. rapid fire here, and we'll get out of here. Dude, there were a lot of things we could talk about. It's kind of crazy to me, first of all, that you know Caitlin Clark sets the women's basketball scoring record. Uh, but did you see the Division II chick? I don't know if I did. Okay, this girl, uh, she plays at Francis Marion. It's a Division II school. Her name's Lauren Taylor. She's, a, she's 5'11". She had 44 rebounds in a game last night. <sighs> That is obviously a record. 44 boards in a single game, a 40-minute game. Has uh, What's the record? I mean, did Wilt ever do anything like that? Like, I have no idea. What, what I see here dude, is that, that she surpassed the— That's a uh, good—I mean, dude, teams. Arkansas has had less than 44 rebounds in several games this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Several. I mean, what do they average, 34? Maybe. Yeah, Taylor, who's a, a five foot eleven senior dude. who pulled down 30 defensive rebounds and 14 offensive boards— uh, was the most ever in an NCAA contest. We should clarify that there are a lot of missed shots in women's basketball. There, there are a lot of those. But uh, dude, she surpassed is... the Division two mark. The, the D2 mark was 36. Uh, that was set in 1995. And the old NCAA mark overall was 40. And that was set in yeah. 1983. That's so that's ungodly just, stuff. That is that's that's What's, wild. You behavior. said Lauren Taylor is her name. Yeah, Lauren Taylor. That is incredible, man. So good wow. on her for yeah. just being a. A, a gobbler of rebounds, <laughs> if you will. A gobbler. Yeah. yeah. Gobble them up, man. Um, did you see <laughs> Fairly Dickinson, the the Cinderella darling of the NCAA tournament? Uh, they were at LIU Long Island University for a game, and it got delayed because they got stuck on the elevator. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, we've seen that happen. Warm up. Usually, it happens with football, where yeah. like the coordinators are like stuck between the locker room or whatever. <laughs> In the press box, yeah. The elevator. So, is this an elevator like 
just at the arena or like what, it, where, yeah, where are they it, going it, to? It either takes them up or down from their locker room area, the visiting locker room area to the court. Yeah, don't have an elevator from your locker room to your court. What they the took heck? the stairs at halftime. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's maybe, maybe it was a little... Was it the road team that got yep. messed up by this? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a mind then they won the It game. always happens to the road yes. team. The, air, the AC went out in the guest locker room. Yes. It's, it's always something like that. They did win the game, so credit oh, to them. Go. They did take the stairs Persevered. at halftime. Have you ever been stuck on an elevator? I don't think I have, man. I have like, either. I, I would get uncomfortable, I think, pretty quick. Yeah. If that Anytime happened, I see it, I start. You know, like when you're watching a movie and people go underwater and you're like holding your breath a little bit? Yeah. Like I always start to think about it when I watch an elevator scene. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. Have you ever smuggled anything anywhere in your pants? Oh, yeah. Plenty of stuff. Like, just like sneak things into a movie theater or, you know, All the time. wherever, whatever. I, ac I accidentally stole from Bucky's one time because I was like looking for a magnet to get for Hillary and then I put it in my pocket because I had to go pee and then I just walked out with it. I accidentally did that. But uh, was I with you when that happened? Yes. I think I you was. Because yeah. I remember I got to the car and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, would you smuggle a python into the United States in your pants? No, I would not. A man in New York City did. He did a bolder do that. man than I am. Yeah, snuck it from two of them actually from Canada into the United States. Um, had them both in a snake bag attached to his inner leg, inner thigh. Mm. Uh, dude, I would not trust. I don't know what a snake bag is, but <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> trust it to that's smuggle like the a snake. snake, in snake. You remember the wrestler Jake the Snake? He used to take. Yeah. He used to take that bag. That sack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, that's. I guess that's what it is, huh? Oh, I used to have to turn off. Uh, that'd be the only time I would turn off WWF at the time. Oh when yeah. Jake the, like when, when he let he the snake out of the bag, I'm like, I can't watch this, dude. Yeah. I can't do it. It would freak me out every time. I don't, yeah, I'm anti Python for sure. I'm anti Python. He got in trouble too. Like he got he got sentenced to a uh, one year of probation. They fined him five thousand dollars because it's a federal smuggling uh, smuggling charge. Apparently, like. Yes. Uh, you can't bring uh, can't bring pythons do into that. the states without uh, the proper documentation, I guess. But he was on for the record, like it wasn't a snakes on a plane situation. He was he was on a bus. Oh, that's not to too go bad. from. Yeah, so it's probably easier for him to do. But yeah, it's dude, if it's I crazy if I found do. out I was on any transportation, I found out there was some dude smuggling a freaking python. I'd be getting off that yeah, transportation. I'm, I'm yelling. Yeah, that's I'm yelling. Uh, that's crazy, man. I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's exactly right. You got anything else? You got. I don't think so. Okay. Oh, no. Actually, I did want to draw attention to Zendaya's uh, Dune premiere outfit. Oh, yeah. She dressed like C-3PO. You pretend like you don't know who C-3PO <laughs> is. That's uh, my bit. <laughs> I know. It's a great bit. Curtis Curtis is low-key the biggest Star Wars fan of all time. <laughs> low-key. Uh, well, he will be on May 2nd whenever we take him to go see The Phantom, the Phantom Menace, which right. all the Star Wars fans know that's the good one. Um, but no, yeah, she dressed, absolutely. she dressed in a, just a preposterous outfit for anyone that hasn't seen it. Just Google Zendaya Dune premiere. Maybe that'll maybe help you, sure. but her outfit, it's just wild. It, it and I love funny, Zendaya, man, yeah. but it was a wild outfit. Yes, it was. It was. It I was love indeed. when celebrities do stuff like so stupid and it's like, nobody <laughs> yeah. says anything. And we're just like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like Kanye has his wife that just doesn't wear doesn't clothes. Wear clothes. Just yeah. does not wear clothes out. And they're like, oh yeah, she's so artistic. Yeah. I think she's just yeah naked. Yeah, it is what it is, but I think that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get to bomb, bro. I was gonna say it's uh, we're getting close to first pitch here, and so that's exciting. Yeah. But we will uh, we'll have this out for people who are driving to bomb to there check it out uh, before the game or, or coming this weekend or whatever. But uh, it's been fun. It has uh, been congratulations fun. on making it to the uh, to the we beginning of baseball it, season. Um, I'm gonna become a baseball guy here real quick because basketball stinking it up. It. But we will always have, like you said at the beginning, the six pack. The six pack will matter, even if whatever. The Baseball team gets swept this weekend by the Dukes. Just throw this bad boy on. It'll, right. it'll help. We'll be here.
We'll be here and we can't. And wait. we've got Paulo Costa. Yeah, we always That's have Paulo Costa. That's what we have. Well, except for <laughs> most of the time. Exactly. Yeah. If he's if he's overweight or has a staph infection or is on steroids or in a contract dispute or whatever. Right, yeah. But you know, you get you get the picture. outside of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, appreciate everybody for tuning in. As always, for Andrew Ellis, it's been Curtis Wilkerson with Natty State Sports. This has been the six pack, and we will catch you guys on Monday.